Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM. Well, every Thursday, 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we have the Ask Brian Radio Show. We've been doing this now since January 2017 with a pilot in December 2016. So for people who have never listened to the Ask Brian Show, let us quickly explain that Ask Brian is a business show that tries to teach something about business basically learning about the history of our guests or learning something about what the guests can teach us each week. And we, we are on the radio on AMFM radio in Los Angeles, California. But every time we start the show, everyone asks, why is it called Ask Brian? My name is Peter. Why is it spelled, why is it Ask Brian? And why is Brian spelled with an E? So we have a resident E expert and co-host. Now, is she there? I'm here. Hello. Woohoo. So anyway, one of the reasons why Ask Brian is spelled with me, let's go over one reason, Tracy. Well, I always like to start out because I've learned every time this is the best way to start out that the first E we always acknowledge is the engineer. We cheered because you got it right, not because of uh, it was the engineer. <laughs> no, 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 no. We cheer for the engineer. You get it? We cheer for the engineer. Okay. And then our second most important need, very, very hairline distance between engineer and expert. And our experts are amazing. They come from all different industries, all different walks of life, all different journey stories of entrepreneurship, and we get to learn so much from them. And we even have a way that we qualify our experts, if you will, this fantastic mathematical formula that's not one we invented. It's just one we shortcut. So that formula is that to be considered an expert in your niche industry, your category, your field, that you need to invest approximately 10,000 hours into that area of expertise to be considered an expert. And the math comes in when you look at roughly 40 hours a week, 52 weeks, take a couple vacations, and you're looking at maybe a five-year window of time to get to that status. But Peter, you and I know that no entrepreneur starting out works just 40 hours a week. And so based on that, we feel like it's more of like a three-year aspiration to complete those 10,000 hours. And all of our experts really have like hundreds of thousands of hours, no doubt about it. Well, that's true. But also, you mentioned vacations. I don't think too many people are taking any vacations. Obviously, entrepreneurs are not taking any vacations. But even regular people have been hard and difficult to get the vacation time off. So that's just two reasons. I, I mean, it's like six or seven. So, I mean, you know, we'd like to get the show started before three o'clock. So is there another reason? <laughs> <laughs> well, since you're being so snarky today. Snarky. That's not an E. That's an yes. S. But go ahead. 
That is an S. I thought it was just actually a capital S, but you could show a little empathy towards me that I have to go through these E's in the first place. Well, I can use the word smart with another word that I'm not allowed to use on the air, but that's what I call no, it. No, you're smart. not. Thank you, FBC. A, a, a smart, you're not. A smart whippersnapper, we'll say, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did mention the S in terms of snarky, so I think you can do the math, so to speak, yeah. on that, but we don't need to say it out loud. <laughs> so give, give us some more E's, because we got to... Okay, well, I think you're showing a tremendous amount of enthusiasm around these E's today. And And excitement! I feel like I say enthusiasm, you say excitement. I say enthusiasm, you say excitement. And then there's one left for me. One? There's more than one. First of all, you forgot. No, but there's only you're, there's you're, only one today. All right, we have such a great guest. You're, left, you're leaving out today. E for entrepreneur, and you're leaving out E for experience. But we'll we'll let you slide. Okay. In addition to being snarky, you're also being very particular because I used the word entrepreneurship and <laughs> experience when I was talking about the experts. But, but you didn't you explain it. <laughs> if you have to explain experience and entrepreneur, then you probably shouldn't be listening. <laughs> Whoa! Listen. <laughs> Despite what my co-host says, anybody can listen to the show and should. All right. Now, Absolutely. We're for everybody. Exactly. But I will say, if you need a definition of entrepreneur and experience entrepreneurship, you should just keep listening because you're about to get a huge, great, amazing insight into both of those categories. But we all know Tracy's favorite, Grease Lightning, oh, yeah. is what? Electrifying. And before we go on, I just want to say, I feel like I'm getting a little overshadowed by Barbie because, you know, Grease Lightning used to be like the thing in the 80s. I know. And now it's like Barbie is the thing today. Barbie was before Grease Lightning. I mean, Barbie's been around since like 50, 60 yeah, years. Yeah, but Barbie's like Madonna. She just keeps re-innovating herself. And now she's <laughs> bigger than she's ever been. So I need to re-innovate my favorite word, so I'm going to go see the Barbie movie, and I'm going to find a name from Barbie, so I feel a little less old and a little more current. Well, Barbie is spelled, <laughs> the last letter in Barbie is with an E, so you got it right there, B-A-R-B-I-E, so you got it there. And she is exceptional, so <laughs> she's having a hate Another right E, now. and I didn't even get into O'Brien's Pub, you know, I left that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have a great guest today. Nisan Baha, are you there? Hey, everyone. How you doing? So uh, you survived our uh, cut for the little shtick about what's going on and why I asked Brian Spelled with me. But we want to get a little background from you. So give us kind of like who you are and what you've done, and then we'll get more into it. So can you go a little bit about your background? Yes. So my name is Nisim. I'm uh, from London, from the UK, but I'm based out of Belgium. And uh, I'm a marketing, digital marketing expert. And uh, I run my own agency. That's a bit about myself. Now, what was your experience or background before you started your agency? Yeah, that's a good question. So actually, like, my background is, is I'd say, kind of untraditional in, in terms of business. So when I was at university at 21 years of age, I just kind of uh, learned about freelancing and, and learned that you could, you know, work online. And that had always been a dream of mine. And so. An old friend of mine, he kind of introduced me to 
this platform called Upwork. And uh, he kind of taught me that, you know, if you create a profile and you start applying to gigs, you, you can basically land like jobs and, and work online. And he told me to basically, you know, offer marketing services. And at the time, I didn't really know much about it. So I was kind of learning the ropes as well as like, you know, um, kind of just starting out. And um, ever since then, you know, I've, I've been doing this for about eight years now. Uh, I'd say quite successfully. I am um, uh, rated like top 3% of uh, freelancers on Upwork, which is, I'd say, quite quite good. And yeah, I've worked with, you know, hundreds of clients now. I've uh, spent like about a million dollars in ad spend uh, on like Facebook and Google ads. I've uh, helped a lot of clients over the years. So yeah, that's a bit about my background. So you don't have any background and you're starting out on Upwork. So when you get that first customer, you don't have to tell us who they are. You get that first customer. I mean, you might be able to sell yourself and say, okay, I can do your marketing for you, but you have no background. So how did you handle that? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. So I joined a mastermind. Uh, a friend of mine referred me to a mastermind where, you know, I was learning all about sales, all about marketing, uh, you know, how to run. Uh, at the time, Facebook ads was a really big thing. And, uh, you know, there was various experts in this mastermind kind of teaching us the ropes. And so, you know, in, in the beginning, it was just about trial and error and just starting, you know, from the bottom, you know. It was about just getting the experience. And, and in the beginning, it was about working for free, you know, and just kind of, you know, uh, or having a lower rate and just really starting out. So, you know, I wasn't necessarily charging what I'm charging now. In the beginning, it was just, you know, uh, maybe a hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks, and just getting my foot in the door, basically, right? And uh, of course, even though I didn't know as much about marketing, I had a bit of a, a sales background, which is obviously different, but uh, sales and marketing, I'd say they go hand in hand. And so actually, the first customer I got was local, even though it was from Upwork, it was a uh, local. So it was an e-com store uh, based out of London, which was kind of lucky. And so there was a lot of trust there. And yeah, it was like um, kind of um, an amazing feeling getting that first sale. However, you know, then, then there's like the fear of like, okay, like now I've got this client, I have to produce. But, you know, just taking it one step at a time, no overthinking it too much. Like, of course, when you're starting any endeavor, whether it's business or whatever kind of path you, you choose in life, you know, you, you got to start from somewhere, right? And so just kind of building myself up over time and not having too high of expectations, uh, obviously not having too low of expectations and just, you know, building yourself up. Did you have a mentor? So within this mastermind, yeah, we had a ton of mentors. We had, you know, sales mentors, marketing mentors, just overall business mentors. So, yeah, definitely had uh, quite a few mentors in, in this mastermind to get me started. Yeah, you say you're, you know, you had that. Facebook advertising. My question is, but you've only mentioned that you use Upwork. So question is, do you yourself use Facebook ads for yourself and your own business or, or just for your clients? Yeah, I have, in the, I have in the past for myself too, but I've just found, you know, I've tested a lot of stuff over the years. And even though I have used them in the past, I just find that these marketplaces are a lot more effective for client generation for like agencies. And so I've tried a bunch of stuff outside of Upwork, and I've just found that is like the number one platform that uh, is like low cost and is super effective. So mostly it's been running ads for clients uh, just because like, you know, the workload from Upwork has been more than enough for myself so far. 
Uh, obviously, in the future, you know, as I grow my team and, and building uh, my staff out, definitely I will endeavor more into, you know, fake ads and, and SEO and all these other strategies. But uh, just Upwork has worked the best for me. So now you've been in business for about seven or eight years. When did you hire your first employee and how many do you have now? Yeah, so in the beginning, it was mostly myself. So in the beginning, I really wanted to just hone in my craft and learn as much as I could. And so even though I hired like a couple contractors here and there, it wasn't until about two years ago that I started really like building up my team seriously. Now, I had some team members here and there helping for a few months, but no one was like either that, that reliable. So I'd say for about two years now, I've had like more of a serious team. And obviously myself, plus three others in my team, they work part-time. So we're still a quite a small team, I'd say. So if somebody's starting a business and they want to start advertising, what's the most important thing you can tell them? Yeah, that's a very good question. So it's funny, like my path was very unorthodox. And uh, if I knew what I know now, I would definitely take a different path, right? So if I was someone that wanted to start an agency or if I was someone that wanted to work online, so let's maybe focus on marketing because that's my niche, that's my industry. What I would do is I might not even necessarily study marketing at university. I would make a list of different agencies and I would apply to work at those agencies. And I would just say, hey, like I'm super passionate about marketing. So obviously you have to have the, the passion there, right? For me, I didn't necessarily have the passion in the beginning, but the passion definitely grew over time and, and I love what I do now. So I was kind of lucky in that sense. But I'll say if it is something that you want to get into marketing and you have that passion for it, you know, just experiment, like create brands and market them for yourself, market uh, a friend or family business. But as you get older, like make a list of different agencies that you'd look up to and that you respect and just apply at those agencies and build yourself up from you know, whatever position you're going to get. And, uh, you know, if you work hard and you have some skill and some luck, you can build yourself up. And, you know, when you feel like you're ready to take that leap, you know, then you can go off and do your own thing. But also I'd recommend you, even if you have a job at an agency, you should still be working on the side and having, you know, side clients and just working on different side projects so that you can further develop your skills. So I, I would definitely not, not recommend to the average you know, aspiring uh, agency owner to follow the path that I did. I, I would really advise them to go work at an agency, build their skills up. And uh, but either either way can work. It just depends also on your personality, right? So for me, like I was able to do it, but I, I do know a lot of people that get into freelancing or they get into digital marketing and they just kind of give up, like a couple of months in or maybe a few years in, that maybe because it's not, not their passion or or for a variety of reasons. But I'd say if you're really into it. Go work in an agency, build yourself up, and then when, once you already take that leap. So if somebody was coming to you for marketing, right, what's the first thing you would do? Would you do an analysis of their current business? What process would you go through and how could you help them? Yeah, so definitely, you know, I'd review their business, right? Uh, I treat kind of um, the initial steps in terms of auditing clients kind of like a doctor. So I'll do like a diagnosis almost of their business, you know. Because uh, obviously I've been doing this for a lot of years, I know exactly what questions to ask at what point. So I'd really like do a deep dive on their business. You know, what are their numbers? What are their KPIs? You know, how much are they spending? Uh, what is the ROI? And um, what are their current strategies? And, and so on and so forth. So I really do a diagnosis on their current marketing strategy. 
understand. Also, one one thing that's overlooked in terms of marketing is like before you even look at marketing, you have to look at the product and service that you offer. Is this something that people truly want? Because you know we've all seen the example. You can't outmarket a product that people don't want. You know, there's been businesses out there put billions into startups trying to sell something, sell vision, sell product that nobody wanted, and you know, it was a huge colossal waste. And so I need to make sure that whoever I work with is something that I believe in myself, that it will sell. And then we kind of do a deep dive in terms of the marketing and um, do a diagnosis of the current strategy and current efforts, and then um, pick it apart and see what can be done better, and then go from there. Now, um, if somebody has, uh, you know, comes to you and says, listen, I'm getting 2x, which is two times revenue for every dollar I'm spending on Facebook. And they come to you and they say, I want six to 10 times, and you think mm-hmm. it's a good product. What are some of the things they can do to get there? Yeah, so let's say, you know, they're running ads. There's always room for improvement, right? It doesn't matter who you are. You could be, you know, in business for decades, and um, there's always some room for improvement. So I would really look at many different things. So, so obviously right now, right, if we're talking about, let's say, ads, and maybe let's say Facebook ads, you know, I would look at, you know, things like their creative, their messaging, you know, their targeting. And uh, I would really do a, a deep dive on those things because when it comes to marketing, it's, it's a game of nuance. So, you know, there's so many different nuances that people overlook when they are running ads that even a good entrepreneur, if they're not really seasoned on, on the platform itself, they will miss out a lot of these kinks. And so that's kind of where me and my team can come in and uh, because we've been there, done that, we have the experience under our belt, we can really break down into like small details what they're not doing correctly. And, um, you know, the biggest thing about marketing is split testing, right? You got to iterate all the freaking time. So, you know, you might run an ad, you want to run like a, multiple ads at the same time, testing out multiple different audiences, testing out multiple different hooks for your campaigns, different messaging to really hone in. And also the reality is that uh, markets change over time, right? So an ad that you run like yesterday might not work today. And so you always have to be on the ball. Uh, You always have to be innovating. So that's also one thing that a lot of marketers don't do. They just kind of create a campaign and then they hope that they cross their fingers and they hope and pray that that campaign is going to work. But you got to constantly innovate. So you always have to keep your eye on the ball. All right. Well, Miss Pivot, is Miss Pivot available? Miss <laughs> Tracy Pivot. <laughs> Tracy P is in the house. <laughs> Before we pivot, I want to continue this conversation on these marketing tips because I think you are providing such invaluable information to people who are really struggling right now. Like matching content creation is king. You know, I, you don't know this about me, but I'm a huge advocate for growing your business through a podcast because I've seen it successfully happen so many times through my business producer podcast. And it's a great hub for uh, content creation when you do that with a podcast. But people are so overwhelmed. And then you throw in the whole changes around Twitter and what social media platform and blah, blah, blah. So if you could just continue maybe giving us a couple of really good nuggets around what an entrepreneur can do to sift through the, you must do this, you must do that, you have to do this, you have to be here. How can you really make a good, solid decision about that? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So basically, when it comes to marketing, right, it really comes down to two different means to go about it. There's, you know, paid media, right? And so there's paid up marketing, and then there's organic marketing, right? So these are the main two avenues. So either you're spending money to get reach and impressions for your business, or you're using your time through content, which is also obviously time is money, but, um, you know, you're not actually putting your money in. You may be spending more of your time to create content. And so those are the two main ways that you can really get yourself out there. And so the best way to go about it, I'd say, is to do both, right? So with uh, ads, right? So I specialize in, you know, paid media in terms of Facebook and Google. So I'd say put aside a small budget of can be, you know, 5 to $10 a day. And, uh, yeah, put that aside and, you know, create, like, go on YouTube and look up tutorials on how to create ads on Facebook and Google. It's a lot easier than you think, right? So go out there, learn the basics of those platforms. And as I said, they're a lot easier than, like, they're not as daunting as you think, right? With Facebook, you know, you can create an ad and you can target people within, like, minutes. And the beautiful thing about these tools like Google and Facebook is that you can start reaching thousands of people right overnight. And if you have a product that you believe in that's already selling well, one ad could be the difference between you like making a couple sales a day to going into 10, 20, 50 sales a day, right? So put aside a little budget towards paid ads. And then in the meantime, you should also focus on content, right? So, you know, look at your skill set. Do you like to be in front of the camera? If you do, then, you know, look into TikTok, Instagram, YouTube as like your, your go-to platforms. Whereas if you're more of a writer, then focus on Twitter, blogging, and uh, kind of more text-based platforms, right? But either way, you need to post content because at the end of the day, that's how you're going to really build a, a long-lasting relationship with your audience, right? And also it's going to allow you to build um, a genuine audience that trusts you and is eventually going to buy from you, right? So I definitely recommend to, you know, go the paid route and also the organic content route. And you should do both simultaneously. And then, you know, you're going to get a lot of quick results with the paid ads because you get instant feedback. And so you can test, you know, different offers. You can test different ideas with your business. And then with the content, you're going to build something that's going to last for a long, long time. And you're going to build an audience that trusts you. And uh, that's going to be extremely valuable in the long term for your business. That sounds so amazing. I think, you know, one of the things I want to highlight about what you said was that you can go online and you can research how to do the ads. Because I think a lot of barriers for people, especially when they're first starting out, or they're trying to wear all the hats in their business, creating and Executing on paid ads can be so overwhelming and feel really intimidating. So can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about, you were saying it's actually a lot easier than you think. What do you mean exactly by that? <laughs> yes. So let me kind of walk you through. So basically, there's a lot of fear around the tech around paid ads, right? But if you are able to use social media and kind of use those tools, you are quite like very likely to be able to create ads, right? So there's different ways of running ads. So for example, let's let's say you have a page on Facebook, right? Or or Instagram, you know, you can start with a boosting post, right? So that's one thing that Facebook recommends you to do. And, uh, you know, 
normally if you're creating content, they're going to ask you, hey, you want to boost this post so you can get more reach? Now, that's as simple as clicking a few buttons and just telling Facebook, yes, I do. And then Facebook is going to ask you who do you want to target. And then you put in a couple of keywords within your audience that would be interested in what you have to say. And then you can launch an ad and boost the post in as quickly as like minutes, literally within a few taps. So even something as simple as that, it will allow you to get more reach and allow you to help find people that, you know, are interested in what you have to say. One tip that I would have here is if you're going to boost the post, look at, you know, some of your best performing posts already, right? Ones that have resonated with your audience and use those posts instead of just like any other post, right? Because if something has already resonated with your audience organically, if you're going to boost that post, you're likely going to get that same reaction from a broader audience, right? So literally, it can be as simple as that. And uh, I think a lot of people are quite aware of the boosting. On the other hand, in terms of the more kind of technical side of things, there are so many tutorials out there on how to create Facebook ads. Like you can literally go through YouTube, right? And if you even spend like one or two hours, and there are so many tutorials out there that will take you step-by-step through the process that literally, if you if you follow everything in these tutorials, you'll be able to create an ad, right? Forget about all the techie stuff. Just go out there, go on YouTube, Google, how to run Facebook ads, literally copy and paste the formulas from these videos, and you'll be able to get an ad launch within a day or two. I don't doubt that. I am loving all these tips that you are sharing, you know, specifically, obviously, focused on marketing up to this point. But I do know that you have a very successful practice working with coaches and consultants and entrepreneurs who are really working to scale their businesses into the seven-figure mark, which is quite the aspirational goal. I was shocked to learn actually recently that only 2% of women-owned businesses actually get over the seven-figure revenue goal line. And that was shocking to me as a female entrepreneur who's owned my own business since 2004. And so I've been in this space for a really long time. And I just found that to be, you know, almost disturbing. (laughs) So any tips that, I mean, not just any, but let's really drill down to male or female what are you finding reoccurring as you're working with your clients that you find over and over again that are some of the barriers to them getting to that goal line? And if you have any insights on the women entrepreneur side of it, I'm definitely happy to have you comment on that as well. Yeah, definitely. So in, in terms of that stat, it's, it's horrendous, right? Like there need to be more resources for women out there to, you know, help them grow their business. And uh, just, yeah, I think definitely like we need to do a better job as a society to, to kind of push those boundaries, right? So I definitely agree with you in terms of that. So in terms of like, yeah, scaling your business to seven figures, right? Here's the thing. So the number one thing about being able to scale a business to that level is you need to have really good product market fit. So you need to make sure your offer is scalable, right? So you need to make sure that your offer is not just going to work at, you know, at a six-figure level. You need to make sure it's something that you're going to be able to manage and to run a business effectively, having, you know, potentially like two, three, four, five times the amount of customers. So first and foremost, you need to be ready for that. And that means, you know, being able to to handle the demand 
and also making sure that your offer is something that the broader market as a whole is going to really benefit from. So that would be step number one. And then uh, personally, I feel like if you are close, if you're either at six figures, like on the low end or middle end, I find that a lot of businesses can get to that level organically to six figures. But to get to that next level, they just need to be able to reach a lot of people, a lot more people, right? So at the end of the day, business is really a numbers game. Usually, a lot of the business owners that I talk to, they, they get there organically to the six-figure mark or even high six figures, but they need some kind of another avenue, another channel, right? So for me, like paid ads is, is definitely a great way to do that. But also, there's other channels. So for example, if you're getting a lot of your business from SEO, maybe you can run some paid ads. Or if you're using, you know, already paid ads, right, and you've gotten yourself to the six-figure mark, you need to be able to add additional channels. Like, you know, let's say you're running Facebook ads, you've been able to get uh, build a six-figure business. You know, you need to add multiple channels to that attract customers into your business. And the more channels you have, right, once you have that product market fit, the more business you have. So uh, you need to be able to master, like, be um, like multiple channels. At least I find that is the case. So a lot of business owners by themselves or, you know, with a small team, they're able to do well with one. If you really want to scale to seven figures and even above that, you need to be able to master multiple channels. And so you need to kind of leverage experts in different mediums. So obviously for me, with with my clients, we run a lot of Facebook and, and Google ads. And so we're able to use those avenues. But also, you know, there's other platforms out there like Twitter. TikTok is another one. Obviously, TikTok is like, has risen to become the number one app in the world. And uh, even myself, you know, I've, I've been running some more TikTok ads as of lately. And so just kind of, you know, mastering all these different channels because, you know, TikTok, for example, didn't exist up until a few years ago. And now it's like a massive platform. And so, you again, back to my point about innovating at all times, you really do have to keep up with the trends. And, you know, you do have to change with the times as well. And don't be set in stone. And Obviously, you know, a lot of people think TikTok is for young people and, and right now it is, but also the generation that's kind of um, like the main demographic for that platform is going to grow up at some point and, you know, they're going to have more purchasing power and eventually those um, kids, they're going to turn into adults and, you know, they're going to be spending money for the brands that they see on those platforms, right? And so, yeah, keep your eye on the ball, keep innovating and also double down on multiple platforms so you can reach more people. Yes, well, we, these shows always go by so quickly, especially when we have someone with so much compelling insights and information to share with our audience. So thank you so much for that. And I just know, based on all of the great nuggets and value bombs that you were able to drop today, that there are going to be people who are going to want to continue this conversation with you. What is the best way for... People listening, watching, listening to the podcast, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, so they, they can just go to my website, dot com, and they could submit a form, and uh, I'll get in touch with them within like 24 hours. So, yeah, that, that's the best way to do that. That's fantastic. And speaking of podcasts, which I just did, if you have been listening today but not in a place to jot this down on all of the amazing insights that were shared, 
Be sure to go to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Pandora, SiriusXM, iHeart, you name it. We're on it. And search for the Ask Brian podcast. And, of course, that's A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N, Ask Brian podcast. And download this episode, our back catalog of episodes. And if you're feeling especially excited and enthusiastic feel free to leave us one of those amazing five-star reviews and tell us how much and tell others how much you love the show peter thanks a lot trace so miss so one of the questions we have is you earlier had stated that you either spend time and produce content or you spend money and probably need to do both and so what our listeners want to mm-hmm. know is what is the ultimate optimum split between seo and paid advertising? Yeah, that's a great question, Brian. The answer might surprise you a little bit, and it's going to be a bit of a cliche. So I personally would do a 33% split between paid media, SEO, and social media, right? And the reason why is because if you evenly spread yourself between those kind of three platforms, and obviously social media being all the social media platforms like Facebook, YouTube, you know, you name it, right? And then obviously SEO is more the search engine optimization side of things. And then obviously the paid media, which can be this, you know, any kind of platform. And the reason why I say that is because you're going to quickly figure out which audience is going to give you the best bang for your buck, right? So where is the ROI really coming from? And so if you do a split between the three evenly, you're going to quickly figure out, okay, one is working better than the other. And then you can quickly and easily double down on the platform that is yielding you the best results. And so basically discard the platforms that are not really working well for you and keep doubling down and really honing in in the ones that are. So that split might be 33% per, per you know sector, and uh, it will definitely change over time at your benefit, obviously. But how do you know that? So for instance, SEO takes a long time to find out if the keyword is working for you paid advertising right away. Social media still takes quite a time to build out that audience. How are you going to analyze and figure out which one is the best? That's a very good question. So you give yourself hard timelines, right? Realistic, but hard timelines. So you need to test all of these platforms for a certain period of time. But at the end of the day, you know, obviously SEO takes longer. So be aware of that. Paid ads is really fast. So every every single platform is going to have a different time frame. But give yourself a hard deadline. And if you're not meeting certain standards, if you're not hitting certain KPI by that time frame, then you have to discard because at the end of the day, we have limited resources in business and we got to make the most out of those. Well, thanks a lot. You've been a great guest. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220, 98.1 FM. Miss him. Tracy, thank you very much. And over and out. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.